Hi, I'm Eric, also known as v 47 from the Ranger Command Power Hour and the Starfleet Escape Podcast. You're listening to another great Four-Eyed Radio product. For more shows, check out foureyedradio.com. It's Morphin Time! Today on Ranger Command Power Hour. Yeah, it's just been a weird 48 hours. <laughs> <laughs> Not even 48, 24. As one of my coworkers so like eloquently put it, it's been just a week of Mondays. Oh, <laughs> yes, yes, we, it has. That is destiny, man. Yeah, yeah, I am. Well, that's a different game. <laughs> and now on Ranger Command Power Hour. Ay, 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 ay! It's the Ranger Command Power Hour. Today on the Power Hour Extra episode 81, Rangers Review Dino Fury episodes 15 through 18, recorded on November 20th, 2021. Welcome to the Ranger Command Power Hour on the Four Eyed Radio Network. It's time to Ranger Up with your hosts. I'm Eric, also known as Trekkie B47. I'm AP, also known as Secret Ranger Fan. And I'm Zach, also known as Hollywood. This episode is brought to you by our patrons on Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash rangercommandph to learn more about supporting Ranger Command Power Hour. Thanks to our $5 and above patrons, Charles D., Chris P., Steve F., AJW, Eric D., Jacob P., Steve M., Tyler B., Tyler W., Charlie N., Craig H., Craig M., Liz M., Mason M., Kevin R., Steve R., Hassan A., Bo H., Leland D., Josh P., Derek G., and Teresa B. for supporting us this month. Remember, you can go to linktr.ee slash rangercommandph for all of the relevant links to the show, including our Amazon affiliate link at amazon.com slash shop slash ranger command ph. Hello, hello, hello. Hi, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> How is everything going? It's going. Yeah, that's <laughs> certainly a way to describe it. It's going. It is going. Yeah, so we are releasing this episode not on a Saturday, but the day before Thanksgiving. So if you're listening to this as we release it, we really hope all of you have a great Thanksgiving if you celebrate it here in the States. And if you don't, just have a good rest of the week, I guess. But I'm grateful to all of our listeners for the continued support in listening to the show and interacting with us on social media and just having a blast. So really thank you uh, to all of our listeners. And I'm really thankful for my co-hosts here, Zach and AP. Both of you are really close friends and I couldn't do this without the both of you. So thank you so much. Well, I do not even know how to follow that up. <laughs> All right. Well, what what are you thankful for? I'm just thankful for, for you guys, for all of our listeners, because I genuinely still can't believe people listen to us. I mean, it's mind-blowing. It's It's been eight years, so. <laughs> Gosh, I can barely put up with me for eight years. But, um, <laughs> I'm just thankful for friends, family, our listeners. I'm just thankful to be here and be able to do what I love doing and chat in Power Rangers with uh with some of my best friends. So yeah, or some of my best friends who are now 
like family. For real. Yeah. How about you, Zach? What are you thankful for? Yeah, absolutely super thankful for all of the amazing, amazing listeners we have that have supported us throughout the years. I'm super thankful to you, Eric, for all the hard work you do on the show, making this all work. Thankful for AP, who is always, like, just, how do I put this? <laughs> like... <laughs> The, the breath of fresh air in my day sometimes when she has some funny thing that she tweets at me or DMs me like, oh my God, did you see this? It's like, I didn't. That's awesome. Thanks. So super glad for the friendships that I have made thanks to this podcast. That's awesome. Didn't mean to get all sappy in front of the show, but I realize you know, I will be releasing this before Thanksgiving. So just wanted to give thanks for all the good stuff that's happening. So we do have some news. First off, Power Rangers Battle for the Grid, Poissandra is out now for the season four pass. So we have added to our news article from the original announcement, Poissandra has a new trailer out and she's out right now. So if you're listening to this, season four pass has been updated. Poissandra is available now. There is a new gameplay trailer. Also, the Gravesword is a free update for everyone. So you can use the Gravesword as a special Zord attack for when you're fighting. And we also had some new screenshots from Enway that are in our article. She comes with a sledge as kind of like a backup assist. And it's. It's awesome. I saw the trailer. It's hilarious. It's a perfect character for this type of game. And I just really love that they added all of her moves like from the show. She looks really good. I need to update my game. It's been a long time since (laughs) I've actually picked up uh, my Battle for the Grid. I have it on my PlayStation, but... Yeah, I still am missing quite a few of the uh, season pass characters, so I need to go back and get those. Yeah, I I wish I could say I've played the game, but I have not. I've played the game, at least. The game is fun. I'm mainly a Legacy Wars person, so... (laughs) That's all good. Poissandra is out now. She released on November 16th, and then next month, Rita Repulsa should release as well, and it'll be interesting to see what they have available for her. I just wanted to shout out to Enway Games, the Enway Games team, because when I was reaching out for some new screenshots for her release, they actually told us that we could do a giveaway to give out 10 codes for the season four pass. And so we did a giveaway this week and we're recording this on a Saturday and that's when the deadline ended. So I used like a Twitter giveaway picker to randomly pick 10 people and message them. Everyone got back to me within like the first hour after I messaged them. And so I, I turned in to Enway thinking, well, it's a Saturday, probably no one's working or whatever. So I sent them like, all right, here's, you know, I need, five switch codes i need four playstation codes i need one xbox code literally within five minutes of sending that email the new community manager there was like here's the codes have fun and i was like wow so we we were able to do this giveaway and the winners already have all of their codes right now and they're redeeming them and playing it right now so i i think that's awesome so i i really want to thank uh the team at nway for uh, letting us do this contest 
and being so generous in their code giveaways. So thanks to Enway, and you know, hopefully there are many more seasons of this game to come out in the future. Yeah, thanks. Thanks, Enway. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of Enway and moving to Legacy Wars, this week also saw the release of Cyber Villain Blaze, the evil avatar clone from Power Rangers Beast Morphers. And now Devin has his iconic villain to fight in this game. So uh, we'll link to the video with all of his move sets, but I checked out the video. Blaze looks like a lot of fun. They copied a, a lot of his moves from the show and uh, some really great effects with his character. So I think that's a, a great addition. Glad to see some uh, newer villains represented in the game. Yeah, I'm I'm just glad to see more characters in the game in general because it just mm -hmm. means that they're um continuing to invest in it. And that's it's always nice. It's really nice when they it seems like every month at least they're adding at least one character to the game or last month it was Izzy and then I guess for this power pass they're adding additional skins. So last month for Halloween they gave RJ, the Jungle Fury Violet Ranger, they added a werewolf skin for him from when he turned into a werewolf. And I thought that was hilarious. So, yeah, the game is fun. It, it keeps getting expanded and love to see what they come up with in the future. And it really seems like they're listening to fans in terms of choices. They're always doing polls. And even for Battle for the Grid, they were asking the community a couple weeks ago about suggestions for characters, maybe in upcoming season passes. So I'm really glad that they're listening to the community because I know for a fact Battle for the Grid has a huge, huge community. In regards to Legacy Wars, I started getting back into it mm -hmm. after they released Izzy. And then all of the crates that I bought didn't have Izzy in them. So, like, I'm sorry, Ranger Command clan, but I kind of gave up again. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I'll be back eventually. Just got a little sidetracked. Yeah, I jump in here now from, from time to time. I, I'm definitely not as active as I was when the game first came out. But when I feel that I want to drop, you know, $20, $25 or whatever for a character, I'll do it. I mean... I had to have Doggy Kruger, so Shadow Ranger, so you know I was spending <laughs> some money to get that one. Yeah. Uh, but it's the type of uh, thing that you have to deal with with these games. Obviously, I wish that there were more, I don't want to say lower tier or lower level, but you know, the rarity, like maybe some that were a little bit more, some of the newer characters were more accessible. Because. Yeah. Everything is like an epic or a legendary or whatever. And I know they want people to spend money on the game, but I think, you know, once in a while it'd be nice if they added more free rangers or more accessible rangers to the pool of characters that you can buy or acquire. Yeah. Honestly, I just want to see, I mean, this might be wishful thinking, or mm -hmm. maybe they're planning to, but like a villain for every ranger that's already on there or a villain for every team. That would be nice. Yeah. Um, I'd also just like to see more Lightspeed Rangers because, like, that's that's just a given for me. So <laughs> It's definitely a given. And, you know, I would love to see more Rangers that, you know, just aren't the extra Rangers or sixth Rangers. I, I'd love to see 
you know, maybe Carter in Power Rangers Legacy Wars or any of the, God, still hundreds of (laughs) Rangers that they have yet to add to the game. Definitely. So moving on to comics, this month saw the release of both Mighty Morphin issue 13 and Power Rangers 13, which is the start of the new Eltarian War arc. And both issues ran by Ryan Parrott. We were fortunate enough to have him on the last episode of the podcast, and we were catching up for the end of Unlimited Power. That episode came out after Mighty Morphin 13 was released, so we do go into Mighty Morphin 13 and the start of Eltarian War. So it was a awesome interview. I think we talked for over two hours, both uh, offline and, and when we were recording. And he was very generous with his time and really thankful to have Ryan on a little bit more frequently on our podcast. Cause I know a lot of people like that content. They like to hear the behind the scenes behind the comic and what's going on. So I've got a comic review for both of those issues on the website. Mighty Morphin 13 and Power Rangers 13 are out right now. Moving on, Boom Studios announced a few scheduled changes for both November and December. And the reason is essentially due to what's going on globally with the massive global supply chain disruption. A lot of publishers are facing paper supply shortages, labor shortages, port congestion, all of that stuff. So they've shifted their schedule a bit for all of their comics. And I'll update you guys on what's going on for Power Rangers. So on December 8th, Mighty Morphin 14 comes out, as well as Mighty Morphin Volume 3 softcover. That's in comic shops. The Volume 3 softcover will actually be released like on Amazon and other retailers that aren't comic shops on December 14th. Power Rangers Volume 3 softcover, that releases a week later in comic shops on December 15th and in bookstores and everywhere else December 21st. Power Rangers Universe comes out number one of a six-issue limited series. That comes out on December 29th as well as Power Rangers 14 comes on December 29th. So a lot going on in terms of comics for the next six months. We're going to have three ongoing series for Power Rangers, which is crazy to me. So I cannot wait for Power Rangers Universe. It sounds like it's going to be a really fun concept just from what I've been reading of the solicitations. I'm really excited for that one. And All of the main covers are these Dan Mora color covers. The first issue of Power Rangers Universe has like different Red Rangers. The issue two, which comes out in January, has Blue Rangers. And the one releasing in February, which we just got the solicits for, has all Yellow Rangers. And if you're a fan of Dan Mora, like... I think all of us are. Uh, These covers are gorgeous and they feature some key rangers for each color. And I'm, I'm loving them. I'm glad it's not a variant. I'm glad that this is the main cover because they look really awesome. Yeah. I saw the uh, images thrown up on Twitter and man, that's just quality artwork again. Mm -hmm. They're really spectacular. So speaking of February, which is crazy because it's like, you know, three months from now. And 2022, I can't 
wrap my mind around that. <laughs> but yeah, the, the new year is coming up and with it, we got some new uh, comics. So just yesterday, we got the new solicitations for February. Mighty Morphin 16 goes on sale February 9th. And both issue 16s, Mighty Morphin 16 and Power Rangers 16. Mighty Morphin 16 is actually the penultimate issue for the Eltarian War arc. And Power Rangers 16 is the conclusion to the Eltarian War arc. So much shorter than it was for Necessary Evil. This is only going to go on for four months instead of a whole year. So like Ryan said in... Uh, my interview with him, this is more of like the third act, whereas all of unlimited power for the whole last year is like acts one and two. So Eltarian Wars really meant to be the, the conclusion to this epic tale that I really don't know how the guy does it. I mean, two issues a month ongoing, and then he's got new comics coming out after that. It's pretty crazy. Uh, so Power Rangers 16 is a week later on February 16th. And then a week after that is Power Rangers universe number three on February 23rd. So some amazing covers. We're not going to spoil any plot details. And then we got an advanced solicit for uh, mighty Morphin power Rangers, necessary evil uh, volume two deluxe edition hardcover, which goes on sale April 27th. And these are that nice line of deluxe edition hardcovers uh, that they've been doing throughout the years. And I own all the ones that are out so far. So I'm really excited to get these next covers, especially Necessary Evil. Necessary Evil 1 is out now in comic shops. And I think at the end of this month, because I ordered it through Amazon, it'll be here in Amazon at the end of the month. But part two features the red Omega Ranger done in the Goni Montez like helmet holding yeah. style. And he's never done those for the Omega Rangers. So I'm really excited that he did this cover for Necessary Evil Part 2 because it looks really slick. In all honesty, I'm way too far behind on the comics. I've been meaning to catch up for a really long time, but I still really enjoy looking at the, like the beautiful cover art. Mm -hmm. I'm still like keeping up with that. It just keeps getting better and better in my opinion. Yeah. And they're pulling in so many great and different artists. And one of the things that I've, I've noticed for this run in February, um, because now they've been doing these FOC reveal covers and FOC is just a final order cutoff. So it's the last day that comic shops can order that particular issue. And so all the stores who place an order get an FOC cover. And thankfully my comic shop is able to get these, but for February, the mighty Morphin 16 power Rangers 16 and uh, power Rangers universe three all feature an FOC cover by the same artist. So that's Joe me young. From what I've seen of their profile, their artwork is incredibly detailed and it's like almost this anime. I don't want to say cartoonish because it's not really cartoon. It's just got a really unique style that's like both like detailed and kind of simplified. And I don't know how to explain it other than that, but it looks really good and it's nothing that they've shown yet. So they haven't shown what her covers are, but 
uh, Michael from Ranger Danger said that he was working with her on on one of uh, the comics that he's editing. So I think she might be doing a cover for Radiant Black or one of the ones in the the Image Universe. He said that she is like super talented. So whatever she's doing for Power Rangers is going to be a knockout. And I can't wait to see what is revealed because usually they mix up the FOC artists for all these different issues. So that's why, like when I noticed it, I'm like, wait, she's doing an FOC for each of the series. So it has to be themed or or connected in some way. So I think that's going to be really cool, whatever they are. One other thing I wanted to note about the comic covers for Power Rangers Universe 3 in February, the Dark Ranger incentive cover, which is like a 1 in 25 at your comic shops, is actually Roxy from Beast Morphers. And it looks so good. It looks so, so good. Nice. So, yeah, really great stuff with the comics. Uh, obviously, we're going to keep up with interviews with Ryan as long as he's available to do them. Lots of good stuff happening in the world of the Power Ranger comics. They keep on chugging along. And for me, the stories continue to be really good. So I'm really excited for that. Now we're going to go to our main topic with Power Rangers Dino Fury episodes 15 through 18 and that is storm surge ancient history our hero and crossed wires crossed wires actually aired today uh, as we record this on nickelodeon so these reviews as you're listening to them are going to be fresh and we're keeping our promise of not spoiling anything until the episodes release so we're good (laughs) First off is episode 15, Storm Surge, which is the first part of a two-part introduction to Ion, the Dino Fury Gold Ranger, with the debut of the Electro Dino Key and Electro Battle Armor. All of these episodes have been released on Netflix since October 15th, and this one aired on October 30th on Nickelodeon, written by Allendale, Becca Barnes, Maya Thompson, and directed by Chris Graham. Ali agrees to help Javi with a story, but his desire for new tech distracts him from his promise. The villains exploit his obsession, and Ali learns a lesson about priorities. Thoughts on this episode? I hate to say it, I enjoyed the episode, but it's probably my least favorite out of... Out of these? All of the episodes so far. His obsession with technology was a little weird to me. And I mean, it's something we've explored before, too, his his obsession yeah. with having tech in the camping episode. It just felt like a little unnecessary. It was just a weird, considering they already established he's obsessed with technology, it seems weird to uh, focus on it again. And it also just seems weird that they didn't recognize that maybe the whole laptop thing was a trap. That seemed a little obvious to me, but what, what do I know? I'm just watching the show on TV. So. <laughs> No, this is good to talk about. So I have to agree with you, AP. I think out of this bunch of episodes, this one did feel particularly weak. And I think I've said it before, like sometimes Ollie is like way more defensive and aggressive than I think he needs to be. Yes. Yes. And there's quite a few moments in these four episodes where he does that. And it's very annoying to me. It's it's like, it's not that serious, bro. 
it's really not. Right. I think that's one of the character traits that, like, I get it. He's supposed to be the more scientific character. He's supposed to be the more skeptic, uh, skeptical character. But there's a couple moments in, in these episodes, which we'll talk about, where I was just like, bro, you need to, like, tone it down a notch. <laughs> yeah. And I, I want to like Ollie as a character because I think- I do. I do like Ollie as a character. Mm-hmm. I did like this episode. It just felt like the weakest of the bunch so far. Yeah, no doubt. No, I, I completely agree with you. And I felt like for a debut of a gold ranger it felt more like almost like zeo where they come in at an unexpected time and then the next episode deals with who they are yeah and so i thought the fight with with ion and the, the gold ranger how he appeared and really kicked butt and kind of that story but how he just shows up i thought that part was great but the episode around it yeah. Just with Ollie fell off. I mean, I don't want to be like negative or anything. Um, no, we're, we're just being critical. It's going to be critical. On the note of Ion's introduction, the ADR at that point felt off. And yeah. I don't know if it was necessarily the actor because he wasn't, it wasn't really like that in future episodes. It was just like that one. That scene, it just felt the ADR was off too. And maybe that's what soured the episode for me as well. I have to agree with you on the ADR. I don't think it was just limited to this episode though. These four episodes, like obviously he got better because I didn't notice it as much like in episode 18 or whatever. But these mm. first three episodes that he's a ranger, the ADR is really off for him. And I don't know if that was like a directional thing or the actor was just trying to find his, his character, but it's this weird. It's like too uh, casual. Yeah. It's, it's almost like it's too casual and not enough energy behind what he's trying to do. Yeah. In a series like Power Rangers, it should be a little bit more closer to over the top. Not over the top, but just a little bit more... More superhero-y. Yeah. Yeah, more dynamic. I totally yes. get what you're saying. And I'm not saying I would be able to do it. I'm not saying I would be better. I'd probably be equally as off if I had to do it. I get it, because you're not trying to down the actor, and, you know, I, yeah. I don't think we are, but it definitely sounds off. Yeah, like something was up with the direction or something Yeah, at that point. Yeah, I think we can all agree that, that the ADR definitely started out pretty weak in these first few uh, episodes with Ion, but... I think it's it's a growing pains kind of thing. Like, it's right. a, I'm not used to this, mm -hmm. this is a weird way to have to act. It does get better, thankfully, but yeah. it just, it takes a while for it to find its footing. On a more positive note, I did enjoy seeing Dr. Akana again. Because oh, she's yeah. probably one of the best side characters in the last couple years. Mm -hmm. She's such a bad <laughs> without even trying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love Dr. Akana. And it's a shame that she hasn't been featured more in earlier episodes earlier this season in, in Dino Fury. But when she is here, I really like her character. And I like how the episode was structured on finding the gold ranger and they even flash back to the episode with mick in it where the nexus prism 
went into the bay, went into the water, and that's the same location that Dr. Akana is exploring this, this phenomenon. So I thought how they're connecting everything together is really well done. And that's explained more in the next episode, but having it structured kind of naturally around Dr. Akana and her exploration and her as a scientist, I really enjoyed that. I enjoy that side of Ollie's character too. How involved he really is in his mom's work. Mm-hmm. It's more like he's a equal partner than just like her son who knows what she's doing. Yeah, it's it's almost like all of her scientific curiosity, that's what he grew up with and that's in that influenced who he wanted to be and he definitely takes over after his mom and I really like their relationship and I think when it's those scenes with Ollie, those are great, but this like completely ignoring his friend to not do what he promised that irks me with him. And I know it's, it's meant to be a lesson for the kids, but there's an instance where he does it in episode 18, actually, where he comes down a little bit too hard. And it's like, come on, man, you just learned this lesson in this episode. Like what's going on, bro. But let's talk about the villains in this. What I thought was funny was that Slyther is disguised as Mr. Wiz, right? Yeah, Mr. Wiz, who is this sort of MC giving away this laptop. And first of all, I just want to say the costume design for Mr. Wiz is mwah, chef's kiss, because that is a look that I think Campbell Cooley pulls off <laughs> very well with the the baby blue suit with the purple bow tie and the pink shirt and the white hat with the orange band and like that is just it's all so over the top i love it that is 10 out of 10 for me i think that's my favorite way that we've seen slither disguise himself so far what i like about it is and we we didn't mention that you briefly mentioned that zach but yeah campbell cooley who voices slither also plays one of his disguises with this mr wiz and he really hams it up and what i liked uh was i i heard on a different interview with him that he had to audition for this role and he didn't realize it was going to be one of Slyther's disguises and he almost uh, passed on it. But when he realized it was one of Slyther's disguises, he was able to get the part actually. So yeah. And if you look at all the different disguises that Slyther has had, whether it be Arla or Mr. Wiz or Adrian or some of these other characters like the, the party host guy, it always features the same colors from yeah. Slyther's suit. So it's almost like I like it as a nod to, to the audience, but you would think like the Rangers would catch on to like, what's this sketchy dude doing? <laughs> yeah. It's almost the reverse of the concept where nobody notices the Rangers are all wearing their colors and hanging out together. Exactly. <laughs> it's on the same level. And I know us as older fans pick up on that stuff more easily. It's a fun little Easter egg detail. Yeah. I have to say, Slyther's probably one of my favorite villains of the past couple of years. All of his lines are so hilarious and over the top, yes. especially when he's fighting. He he is one of my f- like more favorite or recently favorite side villains. And 
Campbell Cooley, he always gets these great parts like this over the past decade for Power Rangers. So all of his characters are pretty interesting and, and fun, but it feels like he's having even more fun with Slither. Yep. So the whole plot of that episode was to get a better computer for Dr. Akana. And one of the interesting things, it's the X-335. And that is a reference to the Astro Morpher of Power Rangers in Space, the 335. Another Easter egg. Another Easter egg, yes. I thought the villains had a good plan for this, and obviously using Ollie's obsession with technology, but I couldn't help but feel really bad for Javi in this situation. Like He's just trying to do everything he can with this assignment for Buzz Blast. And it's just not going the way he wanted. And Mm -hmm. I really feel bad for him. And, you know, obviously Ali apologizes later in the episode, but yeah, I just felt really bad for Javi. He's just trying to do his work and he, he's like, wait, I have to report on this weather phenomenon or whatever. And Ali was like, so interested in helping him at first, but when it came to getting distracted with the gumball stuff, that's where I felt like, it's like, come on, Ali do better. But yeah. How about that gold Ranger? (laughs) It was a good debut. Just, man, I just love the suit designs on this show so much. Mm-hmm. The Electro Battle Armor is, for me, it's like one of the best like designed armors in Dino Fury. I just, I love the look, how it looks with the Gold Ranger. The electricity effects are top notch. I, I love that whole fight in that kind of quarry. It was really great to see the Gold Ranger just kick butt and and debut like that. The one thing I I really enjoyed was when he was coming out of the pod and it was kind of this like black and gold energy that was hiding who he was. I I thought that was a neat effect. Yeah. So continuing with, with Dr. Akana, that was another plot point was this whole storm was actually created by the gold ranger waking up and i i liked how she said oh yeah it was ionizing the air i thought <laughs> it's a very scientific explanation i'm glad they didn't like dumb it down you know that's real like you know electricity charging the air ionizes the air so i like that they're not dumbing it down for kids his name is also ion he's in the air Oh, oh, wow. Wait, wait, that's what I thought you were making reference. I started laughing a little bit. I thought you guys knew what I was laughing at. No, I did. I thought that's what you were bringing up, Eric, was the fact that ionizing the air. Am I the only one who just made that connection? Wow. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) No, I'm just, I'm, you know, I'm reading the the summary and and she said she was, was, ionizing, that's a real thing, like. I don't yeah. know if it was intentional by the writers, but oh it was my just, God. when you said that, when you said that, I was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> like Ion, ionizing. Yeah. Wow. Oh my God. His whole name is a playoff electricity then. Yup. I just got wow. that. Wow. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. Uh, revelation here on, on Ranger Command. Wow. I did not put two and two together. Just deep cuts, man. Wow. I didn't even think about it. Even when his name debuted, like months and months ago, Ion. And yeah. I didn't. Wow. Okay. Okay. And he has cool. electric, electric powers. Yep. Keep going, writers. Yeah. You yeah. guys are fantastic. <laughs> that's 
Wonderful. Do they even mention that? And I'm want. Oh, hold on. I want to see if this is mentioned <laughs> in 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 Ranger Wiki like notes. Might not. Uh, be. Might have flown it, over their if heads. If it's not, it's, you should add it. It's not. And I should. Be like... <laughs> yeah, it's not. Okay, cool. Well, now you know. We we are the first to discover <laughs> the connection here on Ranger. I I don't know if we are. I'm gonna. <laughs> I'll be honest. <laughs> Any other additional comments or things that you guys liked or maybe didn't like about this episode? I did really like the the debut of Ion. Mm-hmm. I, I did like it despite the kind of iffy ADR. I liked how he was just like saving the day and he was like, hey, Zato. And Zato was like, what is happening? Yeah. And then he just like jetted. I loved that. Mm-hmm. It was a great moment because it, it leaves you like... Oh, shoot. Of course, if he was stuck in a pod, he's going to know who Zato is. And so, yeah, I I just I really like that connection. But moving on to episode 16, I think this is the real meat and potatoes of the Gold Rangers debut is ancient history. Episode 16 of Dino Fury, a second part of the two part introduction to Ion Dino Fury Gold Ranger features his identity being revealed to the other Rangers and his backstory with Zato and the great Sporex Wars. This episode reveals that the Rifkonians were the ones to create the Sporex. This also features a debut of the Mosa Razor Zord, Mosa Razor Zord Battle Mode, and a brief debut destruction of Void Knight's fourth general, Ruckmate. And this also features a brief appearance of the fusion ultra zord with this episode it starts out with the gold ranger teleporting to dino henge and there's a really great moment where he kind of connects with the mosasaurus statue i really like that they were humanizing his character a little bit and giving him some personality and then he teleports into the base and he's just in like civilian clothing i guess i don't like, where did he get those clothes at? Because <laughs> yeah. they're pretty awesome, but they're also, like, very Earth. Very modern, yeah. Yeah. I don't know if he stopped on, like, a, a Macy's or something on the way and just, like, was, <laughs> hey, guys, I'm here. Um, <laughs> he reconnects with Solon, which was another great moment because it shows that one time they were a full team of knights. Mm-hmm. And Zato is really concerned about how Ion survived. He thought that all of the other Rafconian Rangers perished during the great Sporex battle. So we get to see this flashback and I love it whenever they do these flashbacks. Flashbacks are amazing. Yeah. They're like a show in themselves. I really like how they're taking the time to show us that backstory and it feels natural with their powers because, Mm -hmm. you know, they can like share their memories as Rafconians And I just like that as a storytelling device because it just makes it natural for the audience and as like a vision for what Zato is seeing. I love that you get to see all of the past Rangers. They have this big Ultra Zord, which they haven't used in the present yet. And when everything was exploding and and blowing up, obviously Zato thinks that all of his other Ranger friends are dead and that's the big regret that he's been carrying. But you find out that the Gold Ranger was ejected into one of these pods. And I would assume that the other like Dino Keys were either spread out or Zato was able to recover them later, except for the Gold Ranger. So this pod kept him alive and we get another Morphin Master. We get the green 
Morphin Master. And the Green Morphin Master has him prepare for the return of, of Lord Zed. So that Ninja Nexus prism, when it went into the water, that's when the Green Morphin Master contacted Ion. After the Halloween episode, when Lord Zed escaped, that's when the Morphin Master contacted Ion in his pod. And then that's when we get Storm Surge, because he's waking up at that time. Ion doesn't even know who Lord Zed is, which would be consistent. He also doesn't know where his Zord is. So I think that's also a nice bit of continuity because, you know, whatever this explosion that destroyed their Ultra Zord, it either killed the rest of his team or the, like in Ion's case, it not only blew apart his Zord, but also, you know, made him sink to the, the bottom of this part of the ocean or whatever. So we get a further explanation of their time on Rafcon. So they were all Knights of Rafcon, and Zado has been hiding the secret the whole time. The secret is, is that uh, the Council of Rafcon actually created the Sporex Beast to counteract incoming evil. So we don't know what this big bad evil is, I would hope that if it's like tied to the comics, we've been hearing a lot of um, things in the comics about Dark Spectre, especially being active so long in the past, at least in Zordon's time, like 10,000 years ago. I would love if it was connected to Dark Spectre in some way, but... That would be really cool, too. But considering this is before all the other Power Rangers with, with the Morphin Masters, it might even be an evil that they referred to in the comics, which was... I forget what the the name of it was, but it was this like great dragon or beast or something that Zordon talks about in the comics. And that's when one of the Altarian generals, like millions of years ago, used the power of the Zeo crystal to become like this powerful warrior. So I, I love that there's all these implications to the past and, you know, this dark history And we have no idea what this evil that they were referring to in this episode, but the fact was, was that the Rafconians who actually uh, created and unleashed the Sporex piece. That was a twist I was not expecting. I somehow managed to not spoil myself on, even though I'm like the queen of spoiling themselves, (laughs) uh, inadvertently usually, I did not spoil myself for this. Mm -hmm. So a wild revelation and I was not prepared, but I'm loving the whole like Rafcon flashbacks and the whole backstory going on there. It really does give me like serious, like Dr. Who vibes when the doctor like has flashbacks to Gallifrey and yes. that are past. It's giving me like major vibes and I love it. Yeah. I, I just love that. I think it's one of those like great type of sci-fi. I, I don't want to say a sci-fi trope, but Dino Fury in particular has, you know, some great mythology that they are developing with the Rafconians. And earlier in the season, when we had Zato try to look for his people and more of his people, and now he finds out that one of his own knights, and it was someone who he disagreed with in the past because you see in the flashback, Ian actually tries to go against the council and destroy the machine before the Sporex are released. But Zato, because he put his faith in the council that this was a good decision, 
thinks that it's an act of insubordination and they have this fight before the Sporex are released. So I enjoy that because you see that as soon as Ion arrived, Zato knew that he was in trouble because he never told the rest of his team. He never told the rest of the Dino Fury Rangers, the current modern Rangers, that that this was a thing. And I love that it was Amelia who got super upset at Zato. Like, she was pissed at him. Yeah. And I like that it was her because she was, like, the first one, you know, along with Ollie to become a ranger. And I think earlier in those episodes, we saw how much early on that she connected with Zato. So, rightfully so, it feels like a betrayal. Yeah, completely. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why I like this episode, and I think it's a strong entry into... Uh, just Dino Fury as a whole, because the great lesson here is that, you know, leaders can make mistakes. You know, no leader is completely infallible. And what I liked about this was that after everyone got pissed at Zato and he kind of relinquished command to Ion, he was questioning his leadership abilities. And I thought his conversation with Solon was excellent too. She wasn't telling him, Hey, quit being the leader, but she was saying that a good leader knows when to take a step back and maybe give others a chance to lead. So Zato took that as like, Oh, well then I need to step down. And cause I think Ion is overconfident in himself. Yeah. I agree with that. Yeah. We see that in the subsequent episodes after his debut. Ion is very sure of himself. Maybe there's some overconfidence there. And this episode really took advantage of that because he was the one that was like, well, I should be the leader. It's that kind of like disagreement that I wish we found out that, you know, there's that mandate or whatever that they couldn't have the conflict go for more than one episode. I understand it. I don't agree with it, but I wish I could see this play out a little more across maybe two or three episodes. I feel like that probably would have been a little better because it felt like they wrapped it up a little bit too quickly. Yeah, I I agree with you, Eric. The mandate, it's understandable why it's in place, but I don't agree with it also. And I, like you, would have liked to see this conflict carry on for more than an episode. Yeah, I just think it would have given the show a little bit more depth in terms of character. I'm not saying this episode is bad, and by all means it's, you know, one of the better ones out of this block of four that we're reviewing. Yeah. But yeah, I just wish that there was a little bit more tension with that. Yeah. I don't want to overstep the uh Megazord fight because I love whenever Megazord fights or these big monster sequences take place in a different environment than a city. <laughs> and I love that the monster, uh, wreckmate first wreckmate was hilarious in this episode. Like all the, the pirate type jokes, his interaction with mucus and the ice cream was hilarious. <laughs> I loved all of that. Oh, I, I forgot to mention I love the fight here when Zato and Ion both use their armors at the same time. I just, I love the armors in this show. Yeah. They look so good. The armors are so clean and slick looking and just, they feel powerful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
the big thing that I loved with uh, the Megazord sequence is it was all like underwater. Mm-hmm. I thought that was a very nice trick. And especially when the Mosa Razor Zord is activated for the first time. And, you know, Ion doesn't know how to make a command decision because the Megazord is taking on all this water and it's not going to survive essentially. And so he starts to panic a little bit. And in that moment, Zato kind of takes back control because he realizes, you know, the, the gravity of the situation, but I love the Mosa razor Zord. I cannot wait until Hasbro releases that as a toy. Yeah. The battle mode is insane. It's really slick. I also like that there's two like little snail, what do you call those? Like the ammonite or those like little ancient like snail, underwater snail things yeah, yeah. that swim next to the Mosa Razor Zord and become its fist for the battle mode. I love that there's two like mini Zords too. I think that's hilarious. Yeah. They end this episode, Zado apologizes to ion for you know not listening to him but ion also admits that he was wrong because it was a tough decision and zeta was just trying to go along with the council because he was a knight he was expected to do those things i think the tension could have gone like another episode if you know they really wanted to flesh things out but i didn't mind so much that they did contain it in this episode because if you think about it, look, if they were such good friends in the past, this is something that they could get over pretty quickly. I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I just think from like a drama perspective as, you know, as an older fan, I would want to see that conflict continue a little bit, but then I realize that this isn't time force. This isn't an Eric and West situation. These guys worked together so long ago and you know, they're from the same planet And as far as they know, they're the only ones of their species left because we still don't know that whole mystery. And I don't know if they're saving that for season two or or what they're doing. I mean, despite their conflict, they do have that history, like you said. So it kind of, as much as we'd like to see that conflict play out, Mm -hmm. it makes sense that it didn't because they were able to kind of look past it a little bit. And it's ancient history. Name of the episode. (laughs) (laughs) So some things to note in this episode, this is the first time we see Ion's morph sequence and his roll call because the last episode he was already morphed. What I appreciate in the morph sequence that like Zato, Ion is like one of the ones that's like confident in his morph and the other four Rangers do that whole like, whoa, like looking at the powers <laughs> thing. So I like that Ion's morphed matched Zato's. Like I like that confident, yeah. like they're yeah. looking up at the screen and it's all powerful. And I love seeing the full team morph. It, it looks fantastic. Yeah. And I, I love how his morph is different mm-hmm. than the others too. I mean, yes, he does have a different morpher, but sometimes they kind of, ignored that and just make the motions the same i like how they didn't do that right they worked with his morpher and made a different like a different activation and all that yeah i don't know what it is about like gun morphers but i I dig them i like them (laughs) (laughs) they're so obnoxious but i love them it it just feels like you know dino charge but on another level with his oh yeah I can see that, yeah. Yeah. I have to say, I did get the toy of this. So I have the Japanese uh, Sentai toy of the Morpher because I wanted the the keys that came with it. 
and it's pretty fun because it does the, the, the thing where the fins like flip up or down depending on the mode and it's interactive with the keys. So it's, it's a pretty fun morpher. Yeah. I wonder if they're going to make it, um, the U S version, if it's going to be a nerf gun again, I would love to add another power Rangers nerf gun to my arsenal. That would actually be really fun. I would be all about that. So the next episode is episode 17, our hero. This features the debut of the Dino Fury gold Ranger blazing battle armor, the Invisi Dino key, the Dino mist key, and the Electro Zord. This episode aired on November 13th on Nickelodeon and was run by Alan Dell, Becca Barnes, Guy Langford, and Carolyn Bell Booth, who I didn't mention this before. She also directed the previous episode with Ancient History, like these three episodes that we're going to talk about, 16, 17, and 18. That was her block of directing she is actually not only a new director for Dino Fury, but also Power Rangers as a whole. And I'll link to the Power Scoop article that announced that she would be a new director. So yeah, she is one of the new directors in general for Power Rangers. Uh, she's part of the sixth block of the first season for Dino Fury. So this, these three episodes are her block. She started out directing in theater and has won uh, many awards for her work in theater direction. And she's also directed a lot of TV dramas for the Australian show 800 Words and New Zealand's own West Side, as well as popular soaps Shortland Street and Home and Away. And we know that Simon Bennett also worked on Shortland Street. So bit of a nice connection there. So I didn't mention it for the last episode, but I wanted to point that out. I do think the direction of these three episodes is really good. So, so she's done a good job. Yeah. So with our hero, uh, Ion is given free ice cream as thanks for a heroic act and the perks go to his head. When his Zord is captured, Ion learns what it means to be a real hero. I thought this was a fun episode, but Ion did annoy me quite a bit. <laughs> like, I get it. He's, you know, a fish out of water. He's still an alien and he doesn't know about ice cream and, and all that stuff. And the whole thing, like he knew what selfies were. And <laughs> it's just, it seems like he quickly acclimated to, to human culture. I think even more than I, or than Zato did. And yeah. I don't know how or why, because it just seemed that there was no gap between his debut and then when he revealed himself with the Rangers. So I don't know if there was like a time gap there and he kind of like explored things and was like, whoa, Earth is cool or what the deal was. I just think he's more fun loving than Zato. Zato is more of like the serious leader type and yeah, you know, no time for distractions, but at the same time, he, I don't know. He's also, Zato is also kind of fun in his own way. Yeah. I felt like the premise of the episode with all this attention going to his head, you would think as a knight of Rafcon, he would have been pretty respected by other Rafconians, so that's why I'm I'm a little bit like, why is all this going to your head? Because shouldn't 
people have like either praised you or, or looked up to you when you were a knight of Rafcon? Maybe on Rafcon, it's not like a celebrity status sort of thing. It's just like mm. it's your job, a gardener or an exterminator. Yeah. It's your job. People rarely get praised for doing their job. So I think it's it's not out of the realm of possibility that being a Power Ranger is the hero role that he didn't get before, and it's going to his head a little bit. You know what? I I can see that because when they did become Power Rangers, it was literally fighting for earth and tracking down the sporex and there was no one around to praise their efforts and they were in a dire you know death situation so yeah yeah i can see that but what ends up happening is there's another great plan i think by the villains in this episode to use this act of oh we we want pine ridge to love the power rangers we're gonna have this big power rangers party and trick them into getting one of their Zords and then Slyther hypnotizing the Zord. I thought that was neat because it's treating the Zords like what we always think, that they're this kind of sentient creature. And yeah. one thing that I really liked about this episode was it felt more like a classic Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. One of like my favorite episodes, or one that I remember that sticks out in my head, was when the Power Rangers were being celebrated at Angel Grove. And there was a big cutout like this. Like, you know, there's a big poster where they had Power Rangers Day and the mayor was congratulating them and giving them the key to the city and, and all that. Even though this was a, a villain plot, this episode gave me a lot of those vibes where the city was appreciating the Power Rangers. Yeah, it's always nice to get those episodes because it makes it feel like their efforts aren't like in vain or anything where the city just goes, Oh yeah, I guess the power just saved us again. Whatever. It's fine. <laughs> Having the city be appreciative is nice. Another thing that I liked in regards to this episode was that pretty early on the Rangers realize that this is a trap. Like oh, yeah. they, they know instantly. So I do like that the Rangers were smart enough not to fall for it, but then in that moment of weakness, Ion does fall for it because one of the th my favorite things that Ollie says in this episode was like, the Rangers might not be able to show up, but we can as civilians and, and monitor the situation. And Zay was like, oh yeah, that's a good point. So I do appreciate that the Rangers weren't completely making the wrong call in, in this they, episode. They were a little bit smarter this time. They, uh, yeah. they learned from the Mr. Wiz situation. Yeah. Which I do appreciate because it's like... <laughs> Come on, how many times can you get tricked by them? <laughs> <laughs> I think some of the technical aspects that I really liked, I really love the use of the CGI in this episode. Anything with the, the Mosa Razor and the hypnotizing, because, you know, it's not often that we get original American footage for the Zords. So I know the CGI can be a little distracting at times, but overall, I thought they did a, a pretty good job with that whole sequence. I definitely agree with that. There was some hilarious moments when Slyther was trying to like hypnotize the Mosa Razor Zord. And it's like, oh, you're so evil. You don't put the toilet seat down and like, like all that stuff. I just <laughs> <laughs> I forgot all about that part till he just mentioned. <laughs> I like that he was using everything in in his arsenal to try to make the Mosa Razor Azord evil, but overall it's an all right episode. Yeah. It wasn't my favorite. So with the Megazord sequence in uh this episode, what I liked was 
Ion designed a Zord combination with the Mosa Razor Zord and the Demetro Blazing Zord to form the Electro Zord. And I love the heck out of this thing. <laughs> it looks awesome. Now that you mention it, I love the part where they're like, oh, dude, you made this? It's so cool. We didn't know we had customization like possibilities. Yeah. Like This whole sequence looked incredible. That's one of the things I appreciate like with the Sentai footage because it was this mix of CG and the practical effects. So it looked really awesome. But I, I like that it had like this walking mode. Which is kind of terrifying, if you look at it. but I I really hope that the toys can do that. Like when when we get the toys for these and the Hasbro stuff, they haven't shown if we're gonna get the blazing Demetro Zord, but I hope we do, just so we can do combinations like what the show is showing. Yeah. I just hope that they don't forget the auxiliary Zords because we definitely had that problem with uh, with Beast Morphers. Anything else from this episode? I loved how fun it was. Mm -hmm. I'm just going to add that note. It was a really fun episode, and I really enjoyed that. Yeah. A couple notes. So when Trawler, who is the uh, Sporex beast in this episode, Izzy exclaims, "Uh uh-oh, did someone say they needed a bigger boat? And that's (laughs) totally a reference to Jaws. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. I love a good pop culture reference in Power Rangers. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I always love that. Well, speaking of Izzy, the next episode, episode 18, is called uh, Cross Wires, featuring the debut of the Fusion Ultra Zord. This aired today as we record this on Nickelodeon, November 20th, written by Alan Dell, Becca Barnes, Guy Langford, and once again directed by Carolyn Bell Booth. Izzy attempts to hide her struggles with electronics class, putting the Rangers at risk uh, when they're... Whoa. <laughs> total Sporex Beasts collected. <laughs> when they're total Sporex Beasts. <laughs> nope. <laughs> that, that's, okay, I found, <laughs> I found where Sorry. I messed up when I copied this. Okay, hold on one second. Silly me. Had a little Jay Borg moment there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, uh, like Jay Borg eating ice cream in the last uh. episode. We haven't talked about them much, but. They're wonderful. They're the right amount yes. of humor. They're not forced too terribly. Yeah. You know, and it's not always just haha fell down in poo boop. or yeah, exactly. Or... <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I know we don't talk about them much, but I do appreciate both actresses. I think they do an amazing job. And the episode that we talked about earlier, the storm surge. I like when we see Jane in her more boss authoritative role. And I wish we had more of Jane in that capacity because, you know, when she's giving the assignment to Javi and he has an objection, she's like, look, I don't care how you do it. Just get it done. This is your job. Mm -hmm. I like that side of Jane when we get to see her be, you know, the more serious and trying to run this media powerhouse slash studio social media stuff. So I do appreciate her character and I do appreciate Jay Borg as well, because the things that the actress can do with like the physical comedy is 
really top notch. Like the whole bit with the ice cream and she like chomps down the whole ice cream <laughs> from the last episode. <laughs> and it's like brain freeze error. And she's just like sputtering and doing some amazing physical comedy. So I know we don't mention them a lot, but, but we appreciate them. Yeah. And it's not like we're avoiding it. Like how we did when with Ninja steel with Rick and Morty over there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> But um, but no, I, I think it's because their interactions with the Rangers and what they are bringing to the table, it's a little bit more subdued than past seasons. And it's not shoehorned in all the time. Right. It's a little bit more meaningful in their interactions. Uh, but anyways, yeah, cross wires. Izzy attempts to hide her struggles with electronics class, putting the Rangers at risk. When they rely on those skills during a battle. AP, you're the resident Izzy supporter here. So what did you, okay. what did you think about this episode? <laughs> Look, we all I, love Izzy, but that's your favorite ranger for, for yeah, this. Yeah, no, I loved this episode. I mean, beyond the fact, I just always love a good episode where my favorite rangers are highlighted, especially when it's done very well. And I really liked this one. It was a nice look at Izzy apart from being a ranger, too. I like learning more about the rangers when they're not rangers, and this was a good example of that. Yeah. And it was a nice uh, character development episode. A lot of nice little, like, background moments as well. Like, her relationship with Fern. Like, Fern showed back up again. That's nice. Continuity. I love that bit. And then Izzy gives her a kiss on the cheek. So it's like, woo woo. Like we get, <laughs> yay. But it's a normal interaction. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's great. I like those normal interactions. This is less of a note on that, but just in the background when they're like, oh, hey, regionals was canceled because the venue was crushed by a monster. Yeah. That was a nice Oh my point. God. I forgot about that. that yeah. Line was I so loved good. that. It's like, it's like they're finally <laughs> acknowledging that the Rangers absolutely destroy the city every time they pull out their swords. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I love that line. That was so good. And it was such a like background. I think it was just like a PA announcement. Yeah. Like you barely hear it over the dialogue, but you hear it just enough to where it's like, that's hysterical. That's well done. Nice little touch. That they didn't have to put in there, but it's kind of like when, um, because obviously I'm into Star Trek and and all that stuff. But there was an episode of Lower Decks where they were in the middle of a crisis, and then you know the captain goes on the speaker and it's like, oh, you know, we're gonna have to, you know, every one of their stations, and oh, unfortunately, we're gonna have to cancel the holodeck uh, ballroom dancing competition or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> And you see, like, an officer, like, she throws down her shoes and, like, stamps out, like, dang it. Like, <laughs> but so, yeah, I, I love moments like that when the Power Rangers and, and the writers actually acknowledge the ridiculousness of the situation. And, yeah, a whole venue getting destroyed is being canceled because of the Power Rangers. That's fantastic. The only thing I didn't like about this episode, I will just note on that. Mm -hmm. It seemed a little strange that Izzy was so incompetent with electronics. I feel like a lot of people of that generation, that age group that she's supposed to be in, are pretty good at it. Like, maybe not experts, but it was nice to see a different side of that. Like, the, the teenager's not automatically the technology expert. Well, what I also liked about this situation was that she has these 
expectations put on her to always get straight A's. She feels mm-hmm. that pressure. And boy, I think that's something we can all relate to. You know, oh, yeah. we have these situations where it's like, oh yeah, I got to get straight A's because that's what is expected of me. And I've got to be good at this because everyone's counting on me. And that's a realistic thing that kids go through, especially when you're in school and you have that pressure to be good at everything or to get straight A's or parental pressure and the feeling that she's like, well, I have to be good. And that pressure also to like tell a white lie, like, oh yeah, I passed my class. And it's like, no, I'm actually really failing. And this is one of the instances where I think Ollie came down too hard on her initially it's like that was one of the things i was referring to earlier where it was like whoa bro you need to chill out because he came at her pretty hard like why didn't you know how to do that oh my god because you know it it did put two rangers in danger and that's that's understandable but that's why i always like the mentor characters like mick and ninja steel and now solon in, in dino fury because she recognized ollie's behavior and was like look, instead of you taking on this problem, why don't you do this as a learning opportunity for Izzy and include her in the solution? Maybe she can learn from this instead of getting chastised. And Like maybe she yeah. just learns a little bit differently than you. Exactly. She needs, like an ex- she needs an example. And that's another thing that we can all relate to. I am a very visual learner. I'm a very hands-on mm-hmm. visual learner like Izzy. I have to, I have to see it to do it. And then when I get that muscle memory, whether it's a program or or whatever, but, you know, someone can't just explain it to me in words or I can't just read it. Like I need to actually do it in practice. And I could really identify with Izzy for that. I could definitely identify on multiple levels with Izzy in this episode. Just it's probably one of my one of my favorite episodes of the series so far. Maybe it's because it's a focus episode on my favorite character, but it just felt so, it felt so relatable. You know, like it's okay not to be perfect. Like you can, you can learn and you can do better. It's okay not to be the best at everything. Yeah, exactly. That was another great thing is that I did like how she learned the lesson. And when Ollie was explaining things to her, I mean, they were using realistic explanations about electricity with capacitors and polarity and open and closed circuits. Like they weren't like just making stuff up. Like that's all real stuff when it comes to electronics. And, you know, they even did kind of like this montage where Ollie is teaching her. And so I I appreciate those little details. And I like that they're not coming up with just some mumbo jumbo techno babble. It's like, no, this this weird monster device has parallel circuits and it's like all the concepts for electricity are the same. It just looks different because it's like an alien looking device. I, I think that was clever for the writers. It, it wasn't just glossed over. It's also a teaching moment for kids where you can be like, look, if you're interested in electronics, yeah, parallel circuits and open and closed circuits and the flow of electricity and capacitors. Like those are all real things that kids can learn about. Yeah. I just like how it was a lesson learning episode Mm -hmm. as well, but it didn't beat you over the head with the lesson. It was very, very natural. Part of the character's journey um, through Mm -hmm. the plot rather than just like, Oh, Hey, like be a good person or 
study more, it was naturally ingrained in the episode rather than like just like shoved in there. Yeah. If that makes any sense. Yeah. One of the funny things about this episode, I liked the the stone triplet monsters. I think they were hilarious. Yeah, they did have a funny dynamic between them. Yeah, it was like, oh no, my brother. And it's like, what do you do? <laughs> <laughs> between this one and, and ancient history, I think those are, for me, the, the stronger of the episodes. It's just, Ollie really got on my nerves. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, this is the one where they switched bodies temporarily, correct? No. Or no? No. No, that's a different that one. That one's okay. still coming. Okay. Ignore me then. No, it's a good preview because that will be the next uh, episode that we talk about oh. uh, next month. Oh, well, there we go. So that's yeah. that's the makeover. That's literally the next episode after this. <laughs> okay. And we'll okay. we'll get all into that. <laughs> see, see, I'm enjoying this series so much. It's almost like it all just kind of flows together. Oh, yeah. And I'm just like in my mind sometimes it's hard to separate it into episodes it's like yes that happened and that happened and that happened it's just it's such a nice like consistent series a lot of good continuity and i'm just really enjoying it i I really really am i'm really enjoying it too the last episode that i watched on my own is the next episode that we'll talk about next month with the body switching so i have not finished the series yet i still have to watch uh these last four that we will talk about next month. So our extra episode 82 will feature like the conclusion of Dino Fury season one. So that will be episodes 19, 20, 21, and 22, which is the Christmas episode, which we're actually going to release that episode on Christmas. So, so stay tuned. So it's a Christmas miracle. (laughs) (laughs) It's a Christmas miracle. I still have to watch those last four episodes, but from what I hear, they're they're pretty solid as well. So I I can't wait to talk about that uh, next month for our next uh, Rangers review episode. But overall, I think uh, Dino Fury is a more solid season than you know we've had in the past ten years, and. Uh, It's been a fun ride for me, and I think for all of us, these are really great characters, and I like the direction of the story that they're trying to tell with this. And I'm still really intrigued at how season two is going to play out, especially since it's going to be all on uh, Netflix as an exclusive instead of Nickelodeon. And Simon Bennett has teased in these Hasbro interviews that are going to explore more of Rafcon and... Uh, void night and and all that stuff which i think is great and you know we'll probably see the eventual return of uh lord zed and the green morpha master which both of those seem to be heavily important in the next season because uh, simon bennett had those statues in his office at home i'm really excited for season two and i know we we still have four episodes left of season one to talk about but overall i'm i'm really digging this this particular series Yeah, it's really solid. I mean, even though we've had criticisms about some of the episodes, the episodes are still solid, even though we don't like certain aspects of them. Like, there's nothing really to complain about with this series to the degree that we complained about something like Ninja Steel. Or Super Megaforce. Or Super Megaforce, or any of the other suboptimal series that have been out in recent years. Mm -hmm. So I really think that 
what Simon and the other crew are doing behind the scenes is a fantastic job, and I cannot wait to see season two when it debuts next year. Absolutely. Yeah, me too. So, once again, I want to thank all of our listeners. I hope if you're in the United States, I hope you have a great uh, Thanksgiving holiday. Please stay safe. Black Friday can be a little crazy, so uh, if you can, maybe just do all of your shopping online. I I don't know. But uh, just stay warm, stay safe, and uh, once again, we we just thank all of our listeners. So, uh, Ranger Nation, let us know what you think. If you have questions, you can email us at rangercommandpowerhour at gmail.com or check us out at rangercommand.com. We're on Twitter at rangercommandph and at rangercommandpowerhour, all one word, on Instagram and Facebook. Zach, if people want to find you online, where can they do so? They can find me on Twitter at Zach Lavoy. I'm also on TikTok, Hollywood Zach. AP, if people want to reach out to you or talk to you online, where can they go? If you want to see what I'm doing online, I'm on Twitter at Secret Ranger Fan. And that's just about it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not cool like Zach. I don't do the TikTok. <laughs> okay. I am addicted to TikTok and I've made like maybe four videos, but, um, no, I I got into TikTok. I'm looking at it every it's night before addicting. I go to bed. It's it's, it's addicting. Just, like the algorithm knows where it's like the Sorting Hat in Harry Potter. It's like, hmm, yeah, Dungeons and Dragons, Tokusatsu. Better put him <laughs> in all these algorithms, and that's all the content I get is all that coming up on my. I, I'm getting a lot of like workplace mental health. <laughs> Uh-oh. I think I'm more, uh, yeah, I think I'm more on the, uh, the, the mental health side of TikTok and ADHD and all that stuff. So, um, but no, there's a lot of very, very funny people on TikTok. Oh yeah. But anyways, you can find me at Trucky B47 on Twitter and Instagram and on TikTok, I guess. I'm also on Twitch, uh, streaming occasionally. I've, I'm still figuring out schedule yeah, stuff. I have, I have, I've, it's been a long time since i've yeah. been a stream myself but uh next month will actually be a year since i started streaming on twitch so Woo. i don't know what i'm planning to do yet for uh i gotta figure out actually when my first stream ever was so i'll be doing something next month in regards to twitch so i don't know if i'm gonna do like a 12 hour stream or something crazy like that but you know we'll see Anyways, if you want to support Ranger Command, always check us out at uh, rangercommand.com. We have a support tab. There's many different ways to support the podcast, but a free and easy way to support the podcast is just takes a little bit of your time. But if you want to leave us a review, especially on Apple Podcasts or Podchaser, we'd really appreciate it. It helps people find the show especially Apple podcasts. They're still the juggernaut when it comes to podcasts. So we really appreciate if you take a little bit of time, leave a rating. And if you could go that extra step and let us know what we're doing right or wrong, whatever. We also have a listener survey form where you can also rate the show that way. We ask various questions and we just really appreciate the feedback. There's I've uh, been some people lately who have either reached out or left reviews and we really appreciate it. We'd love reading those. So if people could do that more often, we'd really appreciate it. But anyways, I think that's it for this episode of Ranger Command. Once again, if you're in the United States, I hope everyone has a uh, safe and uh, happy Thanksgiving. And 
If you're in the rest of the world, have a great rest of your week and a great weekend. So thank you for listening and we'll catch you next time. See ya. Bye everyone. Bye. Bye. You've been listening to the Ranger Command Power Hour only on the Four Eyed Radio Network. You can catch a new episode every other Saturday. Find us on the Morphin Grid at www.rangercommand.com. Follow us on Twitter at RangerCommandPH. Like us on Facebook and Instagram at Ranger Command Power Hour. Ranger Command is also on Patreon. Become a patron by pledging as much or as little as you like every month and receive cool perks. By pledging, you are helping us make our show even better. Go to patreon.com slash rangercommandph to learn more. Thanks for listening.